Hello and welcome to the You Matter to Christ podcast. Many of our listeners and guests call this podcast an experience because throughout the variety of extraordinary people we have on the show, you'll hear stories of overcoming trauma, hitting record-breaking business goals, people forgiving the unforgivable, and yes, even miracles that will shock and inspire you. On this show, you'll hear from professional athletes, entrepreneurs, and everyday people from all walks of life. Discover the profound truth that regardless of your background or circumstances, you matter deeply to the creator of the universe. You were made for a purpose, and you matter to Christ. Get ready for inspiring stories, personal testimonies, and uplifting messages that remind us of the unchanging love and grace available to all. And remember this, you matter to Christ. Chad Burmeister, and I'm your host of the Living a Better Story podcast, and I'm here with a really, really good friend. I, I became friends with him over a, a three-day weekend on a trip to two states. We went to a conference, and then we went to a farm in Florida, and this person is will leave an impact on you, I'm sure, as he did on me. So, Billy Dyson the third, welcome to the yes. show. Hey, thank you for having me, Chad. I really appreciate it, buddy. Well, we, we gave it a go about a month ago, and we had some audio difficulties. So we're uh, we're here on Crystal Clear Audio, where you can hear pin drop today. So welcome. Yes. All right, let's dig <laughs> in. So, Billy, you're located in Tennessee. Which part? Uh, East Tennessee, uh, Limestone, Greenville area, right, 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 right next to Johnson City, Tennessee. Johnson City, right near there. And you didn't grow up there, though. You grew up, um, if I remember right, in the Northeast, Jersey area, and then you did some time in Florida. Tell us about your, a uh, little bit about your background. Where'd you come from? All right, so I was born in Central Jersey, and then at five years old, my family moved down to Florida, uh, South Florida, Fort Myers, uh, Florida area. <clears throat> I spent my, pretty much my whole entire life down there. Um, I got into a, a lot of trouble in Florida. Uh, I grew up as a, as a Baptist kid. Um, and then I veered off, I veered off into the prodigal son, um, himself. And that was me. <clears throat> I, I dove quickly, um, into hardcore drugs. Uh, I started with weed. Um, and then I quickly went to the Xanax, uh, cocaine and heroin. And <clears throat> during all that time, I landed 33 rest in jail, uh, from burglaries to uh, burglary of a unoccupied dwelling to robbery charges to uh, just a slew of of now that I look at it, disgusting charges, all for one thing, for drugs. Um, wow. So what what that for people listening, no matter where you are in life, what I want you to think about is that you know, 33 times in prison for all different charges. It's, it's now behind Billy. So yes. anything that you ever run into the buzzsaw of life, it can, you can put it behind you. You, you have yes. to turn the page of the chapter. Yes. 
right? And that's where we're going to dig into. So let me ask you this. I want to ask the new format is, what do you think if, if there's three words that your friends and family, let, let's, let's do the after, right? Because yes. you've been sober for seven plus years now. Correct. Um, and so if you were to ask friends and family, what are the three words they would use to describe you? What do you think they'd say? They would say integrity, forgiven, and blessed. Boom. Love it. Um, so you talked about when you were five and six in New Jersey. Um, yes. Do you remember what your passion was? Well, like, like what were some of your early childhood memories that you have? <clears throat> As I'm sitting here, like really thinking, <clears throat> I really, the only thing I remember about New Jersey is it snowed. And then I went to Florida and there was no more snow. But as a child, I, <clears throat> I remember I wanted to be a baseball player really bad to make my dad happy. I mean, that as a, as a kid, <clears throat> that's what I remember the most. I wanted to uh, make uh, my family proud, but doing all good things. That was my, I, I played a lot of sports as a child. So that's mainly what I remember as a kid. Wow. What I love what you just said is something that I think a lot of people unconsciously don't know about and that is yeah you know what i wanted to do is play baseball comma to make my dad happy yeah right and so a lot of times when we're kids we want to impress somebody maybe it's a girl maybe it's a yeah. family member a mom or a dad um and so we 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 change what our actual god-given talents are and it pushes us into an uncomfortable zone where we're like huh that's really not what I'm meant to be doing. So, right. so I wonder, let's peel that down to the, to the layer. Um, you know, what, what did end up of baseball? Did it, did it go by the wayside at some point? Yes, it did. Um, actually the very last, <clears throat> I remember it specifically. And my dad, uh, was so proud. I, I actually, uh, I was in eighth grade and I pitched a no hitter, not one person hit. And uh, we, we made it to the world championship for Little League, you know, and and that was my last year that I actually played because I was dipping and that that's when I started getting into drugs. So then when I got into the ninth grade, <clears throat> I just I completely stopped doing sports because drugs, I mean, quickly just got a hold of my life and I didn't care about nothing but the drugs and that whole entire lifestyle. So that, that, that's what happened to sports completely was drugs. So while, while we're here, let's, let's look at it from a 360 degree view. Yeah. If you're a parent of someone that, that they see going down that path. Do you, what, do you think, I mean, hindsight's 2020, but is there anything anybody could have done to help you go down the other path or not, right? What would you give advice to a parent who happens to see those signs? What could or should they do in that situation? That, that, that's a really good question. Um, for me, I can only talk for me and, and a, good, a good amount of the people that I know that was in the same predicaments. One thing is my parents did try to do and they tried to get me to um, speak with people that had absolutely nothing to do with that, that knew anything about drugs or that whole lifestyle. So me personally, 
I just wouldn't listen to any of those people. So my, what I would suggest, I mean, really, would be getting a individual who has been there, done that, and cleaned up their life because that is the only people that I ever listen to. And I'm, and I'm being 100% serious. I would never listen to nobody unless they've been there and done it. Yeah, I love that. It's funny because my parents, when I was a skateboarder and had a mohawk and in about your grade, in a grade, that same grade you're talking about, maybe 10th grade, and um, my parents took me to a counselor because I wanted to stay out late. And I'm like, guys, yeah. I'm not doing drugs. I'm not, I'm just, I like to skateboard at 10 o'clock at night. What's the problem? Yeah. And, uh, and then the guy, you know, the guy actually goes, Hey, at my wedding, me and all the groomsmen, we were all high at the wedding. And I'm like, well, that's great. But the problem is I've never done drugs, buddy. Right. Uh, so, but I totally hear you because it's, it's more effective. You can't trust someone who's not been in that situation. Right. Right. Big time. So for whatever, I don't know what the reason is, but I just, I wouldn't even look. I, I would really look at him and say, <clears throat> you've never, you've never been there. So you really can't tell me. And you also know how the adolescent teenager is. They are, they know everything anyways. Right. So I'm just saying, I'm saying that in a, you know, sarcastic way, That's right. but, but yeah, I, I just wouldn't listen to nobody unless they've been there, done it. So that's my suggestion. Get somebody who thoroughly has been there, done it and completely radically changed their life. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So if you're, if younger Billy was here, let's just say you just pitched the no hitter and you're smiling ear to ear. Dad's happy for you. Everything's hunky dory. And, and he walks into your room right now comes up to you. I think you're sitting outside. So he comes up and he goes, Billy, bro, I haven't seen you in so long, man. It's great to see you. And he, and he sits down alongside of you or across from you and says, man, you've done great with your life. What, what do you think that younger Billy would say to current Billy about, Hey, you know what? You're doing great. And you should be doing more of fill in the blank. What would he say you should be doing more of? Well, <clears throat> the, I mean, honestly, as I look at the word, the, uh, the Bible says to consistently. So that would mean <clears throat> that instead of a couple of times a week going to either Johnson City or even downtown Greenville to spread the word, that I could do it even more. Because there's so many, um, and, I, and, I, and as you're telling me this, I'm, I'm actually thinking of it as we speak. So I'm glad you even said that. Because there's <clears throat> so many people that are on that street so really twice a week which i usually do to go spread the gospel to the current addict and or homeless um i think i could do it even more than just twice a week so that's probably at this current uh at this current situation that i'm in today in this this time of life that i can do more i, I can do it more wow see i'd like that question because our younger self is unfiltered by the world so we don't put excuses in place. Well, I don't have the time or I need to eat dinner or I don't have the money to give the socks to the homeless person. Our younger self looks at the world in a way that's like, I, I it's pure unadulterated love, right? We just want to live right. on the world as a kid. And then yeah. life happens. To <laughs> yeah. So I like to put on the perspective sometimes as if I were a kid again, how would I do things differently? and be, be a kid again. Sometimes it's fun. Yes. Yes. All right. So 
Let's talk about the traumatic things that you face in life. Obviously, there was number one, number five, number ten. You you went in a few times more than most. Yeah. Um, what what's one of the traumatic experiences that you can remember that now looking back, it it became one of those pivotal moments for you in life? <clears throat> well, I've unfortunately and at the same time, fortunately, have had a couple handfuls. <clears throat> But I'm going to go with this one because this was a wild eye-opener. <clears throat> when I was looking at 15, yes, I said 15 years to life in prison, um, that was a, <clears throat> that was huge. That, that right there was extremely eye-opening. I was, I, I was literally locked up <clears throat> and one of, one of, one of my, um, my bunkies, we were in the law book and looking at my charge that I was actually in there for. And it was a, a burglary battery. <clears throat> and I was looking at 15 to life. And I, <clears throat> that right there, immediately, I started calling out to Jesus, like really, like strongly. That was a strong point that I was locked up that I was fervently on my hands and knees and face every single day, multiple times a day. And as I sat there and looked at life, I said, man, I've got kids, I've got a life and I'm still kind of, kind of young. And, and, you know, what am I doing with my life? So I really, you know, started really seeking God right then and there. That was a huge pivotal um, perspective because I said, if, I do happen to get out of this. I don't want to come right back because this is so easily to, to get in this, in this position. So that was a huge pivotal moment for myself. And in all reality, when I did get out that right there from that time, uh, the Lord literally had uh, the defendant drop the charges. And I lit asked Jesus, Jesus says, be specific. I specifically in my prayer said, Lord, you really know my heart. Um, I wasn't trying to excuse my behavior because I was deathly under the influence big time um, to get more, more drugs. And Jesus literally uh, about six months later, uh, I guess he, he had to have spoken to their heart and they dropped, uh, they dropped the charges. When I got out that time, I was still uh, dipping and dabbing with drugs, but I wasn't actually committing crime anymore. So it, it still was a pivotal moment. And then soon after I got uh, completely radically healed from the next driving on suspended and marijuana charge um, after that. So that was a huge pivotal moment for me. Got it. Wow. I mean, it's, it's, as a fixer, kind of a human being, I like to kind of dig into these times and moments and say, okay, what can we all learn from this? Um, because we, we all run into these kinds of situations, right? Where we get to the top of the mountain and we're like, hey, I can see, this is awesome. And, yeah. and then we fall back down to the base of the mountain. Yeah. Um, what, what have you, you know, obviously it took this moment that you just shared and another one and another one. Um, <clears throat> What, what, do you, what would advice would you give to someone where they're like, you know what, I need my life to change for the better. Is there a pivotal prayer that you recommend or 
of course. When, when you yeah. got to that moment of the last time where, where everything changed for you for eternity, because I know you and I know you're not falling down the mountain ever again. I just know that. Yes. In why Jesus why? name. <laughs> right? like, like, what did you do? Because everybody needs to understand this. All right. So this <clears throat> for me and I, and I know many others who I spoke to that were in my situation. It's not until this is <clears throat> what people would call like the prayer, <clears throat> the prayer, all my past, my all before the, the, all these 33 arrests, I was always praying to God but on my circumstances, under my time and my rules. And, and it's crazy to say it that way, but <clears throat> if we all sit here and think about it, is there really, when we pray, there's things that we hold on to that we don't want to give to God or even trust God with? That moment when things really shifted in my life, I said, Lord, whatever it is in my life, have it. I surrender my whole entire being. Everything that I want or desire is yours. Because I, at that point, Chad, I didn't know what I was doing that he didn't like. I didn't, I, or, or that was even making me downfall at that point. I knew it was drugs, but there's other things in life. And, and, I, and I just completely surrendered, I mean, everything. Every, I said, whatever it is, Lord, you can have, take all of me. I surrender my whole entire heart. That was the moment when I genuinely said that prayer, that things radically shifted. And I have been ever since that day, it's been over seven years that I've been clean off of all drugs and alcohol and crime. Ever since I said that prayer in the jail cell, and I literally got on my hands and knees with my, with my, with my hands up in the air and said that prayer. And it's been forever radically changed from that moment on. Wow. Yeah, man. That like, I hear a lot of quick fixes like, hey, do this and it might release some endorphins in your brain and, and it'll bring you happiness for a no. short little spurt. Short and, time. Yeah. And that's like, okay, you can do that to get through the day. Yeah. That's cool. Like there's hacks from, but, but that's not good. But what about tomorrow? Bad. What about tomorrow? What about eternity? And right. I remember my grandfather wrote me the letter. Ten items. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Yes. Love your neighbor as yourself. Top two. And then and then there's a drug one in there. And he talked about one of the neighbor kids in the neighborhood. So he kind of gave me the blueprint for what to avoid and what to do in life, which was a nice right. thing, right? We, oh, yes. I want to share that to as many people as I can. Yeah. Um, but he, I like the main that. thing that I'm thinking of when we talk about this is the void. He said, if you don't have God, yes, period, full stop, there will be a void. Where 100%. You, say, you show me your path because your path is better for me than I could even possibly imagine. It's And now I get a call. My audio video guy, perfect example, called me two hours ago that I hired seven years ago, of course. <laughs> And he put in my audio video at the last house. I called and he called me back. He said, I said, how you doing? And he said, oh, I'm okay. I said, huh? Sound, I go, what'd you get COVID or what happened? He goes, worse. And I go, wow. oh, what happened? He's like, well, I have stage four cancer and it's wow. And I was like, okay. I said, I met God a couple months ago during COVID and I know there's heaven. I said, let's talk. And so 
that like that moment was because I'm open to hearing what God has in store. I invite yes. him to the event coming up in February and I think he'll come. And I said, Hey, bring your family. Like let's, let's really peel back the onion on life. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and, and man living in God's path. And now I just moved to this amazing neighborhood where my parents live. And now I get yes. to, you know, the next 10, 15 years with them. So his yes. plan is way, way better than anything we could ever come up with. Yes. A- any day chat. I-, I loved what you said that no, <clears throat> no matter what in life, we will every every person on this planet is built with a void inside of them and god does it on purpose i know that jesus does that on purpose that he puts a void in all humankind why because you're not going to be fulfilled in anything until you surrender your life to jesus christ of nazareth and he fills that void. He is the only person that can fill the void in all, all of us, in all of us. Nobody will be filled until you literally receive Jesus Christ of Nazareth as your Lord and Savior. That's right. Well, it's interesting. I talked to a, a minister who ministers out of his house. He'll, he gets a congregation of three to seven people every week. And he went to prison. He was doing math and all, everything you can do. His right. wife and child leaves him, and um, and then he's in prison. And same prayer, I mean, basically that you just told me. He <laughs> said, "Look, I could the way I could off myself was to go into the shower because they wouldn't see the blood, and I could raise right. the blood, and then I'm done." And he said, "I at that moment I prayed and I said, God, I'm ready to do this, but I'll surrender everything to you." And he said, "In that moment, the rush of thoughts." that came to him of, okay, I got to make amends with this person. I got to do this. All of it became absolutely clear as, as a light in a darkness. Right. And he, and he, yes. and he executed on all of it. He's like, all right, yes. I get it. Thank you. Yes. And so, you know, the fact that you just shared that testimony, I heard it again and again and again, it happened for me personally. Um, it, it's real. So if you're hearing this podcast and you have any doubts, even if you're, two percent off the path you feel you should be on yes surrender right you could be a hundred percent off or you could be two percent off it doesn't matter yeah and 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 really quick let's let let's let's clarify surrender because some people might take it a little bit different than i've heard so as as in uh what chad and i are talking about surrendering it it's literally meaning when you're praying to god you are saying jesus whatever it is in my life you can have surrendering is key that's surrendering and trusting god with our whole entire life the only reason why i wanted to say that is because i've heard of other people saying i'm gonna surrender and just let god do everything but we also have a job and that is to lay down our life and that's against sin and every single uh, temptation and trial that comes our way. We lay it down and ask Jesus every day for the strength of whenever it comes up. So surrender is key. That's surrendering our whole entire life in his hands and trusting him. Yes, that's amazing. Well, because if you think of a chessboard, there's a pawn, there's a knight, yes. there's a rook, there's a king. And, right. And what's interesting is we can play the role of each of those 
each of those pieces in the game, right? I'm not yeah. an expert at the game I used to play when I was a kid. My son would beat me, I'm sure. But um, <laughs> but surrender is kind of like, okay, let, I'll be the piece on his board and, and I'll be fulfilled by it because it will yes. be frictionless. When that piece moves across the board and it's like, wow, that's my job to be the rook in this case. Or, yes. oh, now I'm the king. Okay, if you need me to do checkmate, we can do that move too. I love it. Yeah, that's fun. I All like right. that. Um, we like kind of touched on this, but let's do it again. When Tell me a time when God undeniably showed up for you. Like maybe he even talked to you or uh, you heard him in a, in a way. Or when did God show up on the scene for you? All right. <clears throat> I'm going to give a, a pretty neat scenario because... This scenario can help everybody and on both sides listening to it. <clears throat> there was a time when I, <clears throat> in my journey, where, I, I mean, I sold everything. Um, it was my fault from my doings of my addiction, but I didn't even have a phone, let alone any money left. <clears throat> I was praying to God for somebody, anybody to just give me 50 cents or bless me with 50 cents um, so I can make a phone call. This was obviously with the phone, uh, the regular uh, um, phone call era where you could put 50 cents in and make a phone call. But <clears throat> there was hours and hours where nobody would give me, I mean, even a penny. And I'm thinking to myself, man, that's only 50 cents. Yes, I put myself there. Yes, I made bad mistakes. But there comes a time like we're like, man, you know, show the love of Christ, even for that little 50 cents, that's really not going to damage your pockets. So as we go, I was I was like, Lord, I was on my last just a uh, bit of faith in all reality. And I said, Lord Jesus, I'm, I'm asking you that somebody would give me 50 cents so I can just get right across town to get home um, after being up for a few days. And finally, a man that I asked not only gave me the 50 cents that I asked for, but gave me five whole dollars. So not only did I get my phone call, I actually even got food with, with that money. So <clears throat> Jesus not, not only answered the prayer in, in, my, in my pig mess, in my own vomit, he also gave me, uh, you know, through that man, through that gentleman, an extra $4.50. So <clears throat> Jesus, you know, he, he definitely showed up. I know that a lot of people that are hearing this, that $5 isn't nothing and it's not a miracle. But really, after you've sat there for hours on end asking <laughs> for 50 cents and you get $5 um, after some prayer to Jesus, that right there is a little miracle that actually for me at that present moment was a big miracle. Um, so that was an undeniable blessing from God because I was living in my addiction and God still blessed me through somebody. So that's, that's awesome. And, and I, I know we talked about that in the car for a while. So yes. if you're hearing this, and you think, well, what can I do? You know, I go to church on Sundays, I try to tithe, or maybe I don't, <laughs> that's okay. Um, but you know, what can I do? I'm just a number in billions of people. 
Well, think about what you just heard Billy say. Somebody who came up that didn't know Billy gave him $5 instead of 50 cents, and it changed the trajectory of his life to where I've heard Billy now tell this story two or three times. It had that big of a, of a ripple effect through eternity because Billy's life was changed. He gets out of prison, never goes back, and he's been sober ever since. Like, that's yes. magical. So how, if you were to give the advice for somebody that sees a homeless person, and I've been practicing, I've done this at least three or four times lately. <laughs> you know, you see the guy on the street corner, you're like, well, you know, I don't want to stop traffic. BS, pull over, put your hazards on, and let people yes. go around you. Like, I literally got out of the car on a Sunday right over the Christmas holiday. It may have been on Christmas. And I went out and I looked him in the eye and I said, hey, you matter. And I, and I yes. said, um, yes. I want you to go get a, get a nice pair of socks, get a hoodie. I, and I gave him, I did give him some money in this case. I did not have a hoodie with me. But right. tell me, tell our audience and listeners, what's the kind of two to three step program that they could do that would really potentially leave an impact on eternity? All right. So, so number one, the Lord says to go, to go preach the gospel to every, every, every creature. So right there, God is already telling us to do it. So how I do it is, you know, a lot of the times God already presses it on my heart anyways, but when the Bible tells us to do it, we do it. So I, so what I do is when I go up to somebody, I say, the Lord led me to you. So first of all, Nine out of 10 times they're homeless or drug addicts and they have absolutely no hope. Don't, don't even think that people love them or care about them because nobody knows the reasons behind their addiction. Nobody knows. So for, so right there that tells somebody like, wow, God is, you know, he still does love me. That right there is a PowerPoint in itself. So that's what I do when I first get there. And then whatever the Lord leads me to give them, whether it's clothes food or money. I mean, it, it'll be one of those three things and definitely always prayer. <clears throat> and, <clears throat> and after that, you know, with after the prayer, then I will tell them Jesus loves them. And I'll ask if they want to uh, ask, you know, ask Jesus to come into their heart. And we, me and Chad, were also talking about this to, uh, to get this cranked up to actually start bringing people to detox. The last two people did not specifically want to go. <clears throat> two detox that I asked, but, um, but those are definitely, uh, the, like the three groundwork to actually do once you, um, approach, uh, an so, addict. So let's or a just make sure we get this. The Lord led me to you. Yes. Um, and so that's why I'm here. That's number yes. one. Number two, do you mind if I say a short prayer for you? Yes. And you don't have to be an expert. It's right. It's whatever comes to your heart is yes. perfect. Yes. Step three is then it's food. Now I've also heard, Hey, what we did is we went into the store and we said, Hey, we bought some food and we, we, we said, here, here's, here's a Coke. Here's some food. Yes. I also, you could even say, Hey, let's, you know, let's have a seat right here on the yes. or on the curb. Yeah. That's and now even better. you obviously yes. need to follow safety guidelines, right? With right. That. But yes, there, you know, if there's people around it, you're not in a dark alley, like, you know, right. follow your judgment, but yes. there's times where you're on a busy street corner and you could say, Hey, let's just have a seat here. Have a, yes. have a Twinkie and a Coke and let's just have a chat. Right. Yep. Yes. That's excellent. 
Yeah. And then, okay, Jesus loves you. And then the final part is, hey, if if you're up for it, you know, I know people who've been in this predicament. And for you, it's I've been there too. And the only right. way is number one, surrender to Jesus. Number two is let's get you to detox. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. That would make a in, huge right? impact. Because once you drop them off, you just kind of say, okay, there's the door. Let me walk you in. I would think over time you build a relationship with the detox center and they'll be like, oh, hey, Billy, thanks. You brought someone new. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're getting that started, Chad. We are definitely getting that into solid foundation. Everything yeah. takes a little bit time, but but we're on the road to that. God will. Well, it's funny because I've been working with this lady, Cheryl Lynn, with the chair of joy. And the reason I'm asking about the steps is that she's got it down so well that it's sit in the chair, breathe, like taking a deep breath for four seconds, hold it for four and then out for four. That changes the, you know, chemicals in your body. Right. Then think about the joyful things in your life. And then feel the feeling of what happens during those joyful moments. Now, the part I would add would be ask, thank God for those joyful moments, right? Yes. And, yes. And, 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 but that's a really neat, simple thing where if your mind's taking you down a spiral of a bad day, you can fend that off very easily. So that's really where I believe that this, this movement of helping people is headed a simple step one, two, three, four, five. And, and yes yes for sure right, billy i love talking with you we could talk all day if um <laughs> if someone has a son or daughter who's in a predicament if someone themselves just got out of prison or they're just their lives in a spiral and they can't do it and they hear this and they say man what what do i do if they if they need a shoulder to cry on or an ear to listen uh i'm sure you would pick up a call how how would they reach you by email or how would they get in touch with you they can get in touch, uh, touch with me through um, from dope to hope777.com or Billy Dyson Sr. on Facebook. Billy Dyson Sr. on Facebook from dope to hope777.com. I knew we always had something in common with the 77. <laughs> Lucky God members. Yes. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining another Living a Better Story podcast. Billy Dyson the Third. You heard it here. He's um, changing lives for eternity, and and we just applaud you for all the all the work you're doing for the kingdom. Thank you, Billy. Thank you, Chad. I appreciate it, brother. All right, everybody. We'll catch you. Have a day. blessed day. Thank you for joining us on the You Matter to Christ podcast. We hope this journey has reminded you of the incredible truth that your life holds immense value and significance to Christ. As you go about your day, may you carry the assurance that no matter what you face, you are deeply cherished and loved. Remember, you matter to Christ. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with others who may benefit from this message. Stay tuned for more transformative episodes where we continue to explore the depth of God's love and grace. Until next time, remember that you are not alone. Christ's love is with you, guiding and strengthening you every step of the way. May your life be filled with hope, purpose, and the knowledge that you matter 
to Christ.